Great. Well, it's it's brilliant to be able to speak to you this morning. My name's Dan. For those of you who don't know me, and um, it's great. It's great to have the kids in. I've not done one of these before. So, Josiah, hello. Um, and uh, <laughs> blanked. Um, and uh, you know, I I really believe that this is a key word. We're going to talk this morning about Jesus, the giver of peace. And uh, as Jessica's done a fantastic job telling us that story and the word that's come from Lynn, um, uh, just, you know, get a break. And uh, and particularly that bit about resilience. And I really believe that this is a key word for us at the moment. And I remember when Trev asked, as as you'll be aware, Trev asked a number of us what what God will, you know, when you think about Jesus, what do you think of? And and one of the things that came to my mind was peace giver. And I said that to him and I said it to him in December and little did I know what the world would look like in March. And, and, you know, I I think when I said it to him, I was like, oh, things are getting better. Like, you know, COVID's calming down and, and things are getting better. And little did I know what was coming. And, um, as the church were called to, to, go after Jesus and to uh, he's the giver of peace and uh, so I really believe this is a key word for us so let's just uh, if you've got your Bibles we're gonna this story is in three of the Gospels this is Matthew Mark and Luke and I'm gonna read it this I'm gonna read it from Mark so Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 Mark chapter 4 Verse 35, I'm in the New Living Translation. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So, my first point, and this is the, this is the least cheery point. I'm just going to put that out there. My first point is storms come. Now, storms come. It's a fact, isn't it? We, we have had many storms here. Um, storms come. And there's no way around it. We can't avoid them. Interestingly, if you look at the Sea of Galilee, um, it's in a, I'm led to believe it's in a valley. And I was reading this morning that basically what happens is that the clouds and stuff and, and the weather comes over and then it drops down onto the sea. And at that point, there's a sudden storm. Storms come. It's not unusual for there to be a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples knew this because the disciples were fishermen who had been fishing on the Sea of Galilee. So it's not unusual to have a storm. And they, as fishermen, many of them as fishermen, would have got into that boat knowing that there was a good chance of a storm. It's not unusual. And yet this storm is so big that it scares them. 
And you know, we all know and we all experience storms in our life. Jessica has, has gone through a great list there of all the various storms that come up against us. Whether it's financial, whether it's healing, whether it's a relationship challenge, whatever it is, we all come up against storms in our life. And you know, we also come up against storms when we are right in the middle of God's will. That key point when Jesus says, let us go to the other side. The disciples get in the boat, as Jessica was saying, and they go where Jesus is telling them to. And yet right in the middle of God's will, right in the middle of doing what they're called to, a big storm comes. And I think it's really important that we know this as Christians. It's really important that we know that storms don't just come when you've done something wrong. You know, we... Storms can come as a result of sin. They can come as a result of disobedience to God or, or other things. But actually, storms come anyway. And they come when you're right in the middle of God's will sometimes. And the disciples experienced this. And I think over the years, if we're honest, as, as the global church, probably the charismatic new church movement, I think we've avoided that, telling people that. And I know people, I, I've, I've got friends and I've seen people fall away from God because the storm's hit and they, they, they just, oh, this is really hard. You said, and they'll look at me and, and say, well, you said when I became a Christian, everything would get easy. But it doesn't, does it? We know that. Jesus actually says, you will have troubles because of me. Like, it doesn't get easy when we, are, when we become a Christian. And we need to be really clear with people that actually storms are still going to come. Even when you're right in the middle of what Jesus has told you to do. And so, the second point though, the great point. Jesus can calm the storm. Instantly. With a word. He can calm the storm. Jesus, we've been seeing it this morning, he's above all things. He reigns on high. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He reigns over sickness. He reigns over poverty. He can calm the storm instantly. And the Bible has numerous stories of instant miracles and numerous stories of instant trans- transformation. And many of us have our own stories Many of you will know that, uh, and I think I've probably said it before, but in around 2007, 2008, I had a stomach issue, and it was horrible, and no one could tell me what was wrong. And then Ray Smith, I don't think he's here this morning, but Ray Smith one Sunday prayed for me, laid hands on me, and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And at that moment, I was healed. Completely. Symptoms gone. Jesus can heal in an instant. He can do things in an instant. And so we pray and we press in for miracles and we press in for instant healing. And if you are sick, we'd love to pray for you because we believe Jesus can heal people instantly. We continue to pray and believe God for miracles in the Ukraine at this time. There are stories in history of when people prayed for no reason people have laid down their arms. Like just because people have prayed... And so we pray for that situation in Ukraine, knowing that God can do a miracle instantly. But we also pray knowing that it doesn't always happen. 
but our God is bigger. And so we read in Mark 4, verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Now, my first question here is, how was Jesus sleeping? Now, we have a small amount of experience of this with our kids. <laughs> they can sleep through anything. And my daughter's now blushing and looking at the wall at the back. And it's all right, no one looked backwards. <laughs> we, um, about a year ago, so we in our house, we have some smoke detectors, as most people do. And they're all linked through the electric, I don't know, Barry will tell me how it works. Um, We've got three three smoke detectors, one in the cellar, there's one on the ground floor, one on the first floor where the bedrooms are. And uh, it's about two or three in the morning and suddenly the smoke detector goes off. Me and Ruth jump out of our skins, run around, kind of try and work out, reset it, try and work out, is there a fight? Oh, there's nothing going on, what's going on? Right, reset everything, go back to bed. About 10 minutes later, like everything's going off again, running around, oh, what's going on? What we eventually work out is that the, by listening, is the one in the cellar is going off first. And we know this because I can lie in bed and I can hear that one going in the distance and then I can hear it kind of ripple up the stairs. And so, right, it's down in the cellar and we eventually work out that basically the cellar's not the, the driest cellar and some damp and some moisture and some dust have got in there. So at three in the morning, I'm cleaning it. I've got a hoover in, like all this. Right, think we've sorted it. Back to bed, lie down. And about 20 minutes later, I am like just dozing off and I can hear in the distance. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And then I, and, and it ripples up the stairs. But by the time it ripples up the stairs, I'm already halfway down the stairs because I know where the problem is. So we do the the responsible thing, and we take that smoke detector out, <laughs> and we put it in a bag with a silica gel and um, to dry out. So, yeah, anyway, the next morning, having gone through this for about two or three hours, probably, thinking we've fixed it, and then suddenly hearing it, and the next morning, we wake up, and we're like, Phoebe, did you hear that in the night? Did you, what, did you hear the smoke? No. I have no idea how she did Because on the one extreme, Phoebe is, and Josiah are there completely oblivious to it. And on the other hand, I can hear the sound in the distance that's like coming up the stairs. And that's the thing that's waking me, not the one nearest me. They just slept completely through it. And, and, and so you, in this story, you get Jesus in the middle of the storm. Waves are crashing over. And as I've already said, it would have been a really bad storm. Waves are crashing over. And yet... He's sleeping. I, th I find it interesting where this story comes. This story comes just after the story, of, uh, just after the teaching, um, the Sermon on the Mount. And so the, the disciples have seen Jesus doing miracles. They've seen Jesus teaching. They've seen Jesus just standing with authority. And yet they go to him. And they wake him up and they say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? You see, teach, seeing him in all that wonder, all that glory, all that teaching and, and going through things, it's very different to trusting him in the day, trusting him in that moment, 
trusting him in the middle of the storm. And when he's asleep, their response is, teacher, don't you care? And then he asks them, once he's calmed the storm, why are you afraid? (laughs) He's so cheeky, isn't he? Like, (laughs) do you still have no faith? And I wonder, I've, I've read this story loads of times. I've been a Christian for 30 plus years of my life. And, and, and I've heard this story loads of times. And every time I'm always like, is, it, it's, are they, is Jesus basically telling them, Look, you could have calmed the waves. You could have done that. But actually, as I've been reading it recently, I wonder if this statement about their faith in Jesus isn't about the big miracle it's about their daily trusting in him in that moment. There's a storm. You can trust me to get you through it. I don't actually need to calm the storm at this moment. We're going to get through it anyway. See, Jesus was in the boat. <laughs> he was in the boat. If he didn't care, I reckon he'd have been on the sidelines. Like <laughs> He'd have been on the, <laughs> on the shore. He wasn't observing from there. He was right there on the boat with them, in the midst of it. Of course he cared. And sometimes we can be in the middle of a storm. Sometimes we can be in the middle of a struggle. And Jesus' answer to our crisis at that point isn't to come and calm the storm. But actually it's to say, come, trust in me, rest. Come and sleep in the stern of the boat with me. There's a great story. Me and and Ruth went to an event recently. We heard from these two guys who rode across the Atlantic recently. And... um, They'd never done anything like this before. And they rode across the Atlantic in a, in a boat. And they got about 100 miles away from the Caribbean. So they were nearly there. And then suddenly a hurricane came. And so they, they basically got down inside into their little cabin. And they hunkered down there for three days. And they just they sat there and chilled and watched Netflix, is what they said. And this boat's like rocking around in this hurricane. And they've got friends emailing them. Are you all right? Yeah. And when they looked at the GPS tracker, <laughs> like they had this nice straight line all the way from Spain or wherever they'd started. And then they got like just 100 miles outside of the Caribbean and it just did this for three days and then they continued on. But they said that was the most formative part of the journey for them. Right in the middle of the storm when they hunkered down and just spent time together. And actually that moment then changed their life for what they've gone on to do since so we don't know why storms come but we need to trust and have faith that Jesus is in the boat with us sometimes peace isn't the storm stopping it's just Jesus being there with with us I know for me that when something when something hits me like when a storm comes my instinct is to just go into the countryside or go to a beach and just sit with God I kind of didn't realize I was doing it with God for ages. I just went off to the beach. And then one day, God just said, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, do I need to pray? No. You just need to sit with me. and know that I'm here with you. Jesus wants to be with you in the storm. He wants to, make, he wants to be the giver of peace. He is the peacemaker in our storms. That's one of those things that um, Lynn was talking about, that builds resilience is knowing him as the peacemaker. And he calls us to be peacemakers. 
Matthew 5, verse 9 in the Beatitudes says, this is from the NIV. You can put this one up, Phoebes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Or, just to be a bit poetic licensey, to flip it around, the children of God are peacemakers. And we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to fix all the problems. I'm a fixer. My wife has just literally gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a fixer. My instinct is to try and fix problems. But we don't have to fix all the problems. We can bring peace to people's lives just by being with them, by standing with them, by upholding them in prayer, and by partnering with Jesus. There's a part of the branches um, ethos is to be a faithful presence. The branches are community work, if you don't know that. It's to be a faithful presence. This place here is a faithful presence in the community. And we, as people of God, get to be a faithful presence. This week, uh, on Friday, I was at a funeral. And um, 39, a friend of mine just died, 39. And uh, I've got no answers for her husband. Her husband and her kid, five-year-old kid, I've got no answers for them. But I know that I can be a faithful presence. We don't have to have all the answers. We can stand with people. There's a verse in Revelation, it's a familiar verse to many of us. Revelation 12:11. it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, sometimes the word, we, I think we hear that, and the word of my, our testimony is, God is a healer, God is, yeah. And it can be very kind of, God will do this, God will do this, God will do this. And actually, the word of my, word of my testimony most of the time is, when I went through that storm, Jesus was there. I can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the fact Jesus lives in me.